Glory to God. What did the Lord Jesus say? In Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is written. I thought it was so interesting. You know, one of the biggest demons amongst Christians is family over ministry. But the Apostle Paul says Christ is our ministry, so I don't understand how a family member could be more important than Christ. Jesus said you'll have to leave your families in order to be my disciple. I mean, it's written about seven times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The issue is you're not disciples. I am. Truth, anyhow. So, people are like, does that mean we don't have children? No, that means that you serve Christ more than a human being, which seems common sense, but it's like a foreign concept to an unrenewed mind. Have no other gods besides me, but what about mommy and daddy? What about my son and daughter or my hubby and my wifey? And it's just like, man, really? Do it, is it that vague? Is it hard to have Christ as your only God and not anything else? It's so simple. It's just we're so full of wickedness, sin, and idolatry. So I just want to start out with that. Just repent! <laughs> Might have a new internship program this winter called the beatings of the cross where we'll physically nail you to trees and give you a crown of thorns a spear in your side the 12 stages of the cross we're uh, we're whipping we're putting together a really nice whip with glass and nails in it for the full experience of christianity you can sign up at redletterman.com <laughs> Come and be crucified with Christ. Not spiritually or prophetically, but religiously. Since that's what everyone's into. Thought we'd sell out. Maybe we won't be misunderstood after we just start crucifying people. Awfully quiet out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Ain't God good? I don't know how it says Monday up there, November 9th. I, I know it's not Monday one thing I do know because <laughs> I I take a day off and I'm right here <laughs> and I did oh Shabba man the revelation has just been so sweet oh hallelujah 
Thank you, Father, for everything you're doing in our hearts and all the mysteries and that your comfort only increases through misunderstanding. Hallelujah. You need to get this tonight. That the Father only will increase through your not being able to understand with your brain. It's called walking by faith, not by brain or eyes, sight. Walking by faith, not by brains, eyes, or sight. And so the more you don't understand but are feeling in your heart, that is the chasm that you get to grow in the glory for that day. That is how much the tree of life could grow up in a potential possibility in that day. So we want to grow from glory to glory every day. But if you're in the brain, there's no growth because God is spirit. John 4, 24. So we want the spirit of God to grow up in our heart, the soil of our heart, and cover the brain. Okay, we talk about coverings and the leaves of the tree of life cover in order to heal. In order to cover, there has to be growth in the heart. And the thing being covered is the thing that led us astray in the beginning called the mind. You think Satan spoke into Adam and Eve's heart? He didn't. He spoke into Adam and Eve's brain. And then they left the glory of God that was an origin of their heart and lived out of their brain. And the seared conscience of their mind kept them from not being able to go back into their heart. So Hebrews chapter 9 says, We have the sprinkling of blood for the cleansing of the mind. Why? To go back into the holy of holies. Hebrews chapter 9, it is written. So until the blood of Jesus washes your brain, you know, we're into brainwash. You better be too. It's called washed in the water of the word. Something better than the waters here is the wine of the word. Turning the wine, the water into wine. What is water? It's when you hear it. What is wine? It's when you grow it. It's when you have it grown out of your heart, into your brain, and into your bones. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Water into wine is the spiritual growth of every word you've ever heard from God. Born again, day one. Nicodemus, you had to be born of the spirit and the water. No mention of wine. But later on, he says, the wine leaves are the healing of the nations. And later on, he says, you have to drink this wine of the new covenant in my blood. It's about spirit and water first. Then in the spirit and the water, the receiving of the prophetic living word. If it's not prophetic, it's not alive, stay away from it. You don't want dead letters that kill. You don't you really don't want to grow in the knowledge of good. You want to grow in the knowledge of the glory. You don't want to grow in the knowledge of evil. Every Christian's got that one checked. <laughs> and they do that secretly and then cover it up because it's shameful. <laughs> Truth or nail. That's why they can never overcome lust and have been addicted to pornography since they're 14 years old. Hiding it, shameful. Because knowledge and good and evil go together. 
You can never be too dis so disciplined so that you, by good, overcome evil. Not possible. It's not even possible. The fallen angels are right there just mocking you. It's not possible for good to overcome evil. Only the cross can overcome both good and evil. Good and evil were crucified with Christ, and in this understanding we come into the sovereignty of the cross. Jesus was crucified in the middle of the knowledge of good and evil. They're both thieves, aren't they? You could see him born right in between the knowledge of good and evil. Born right in the midst of Herod, evil. Right in the midst of the killing of the babies, evil. Right in the midst of good, Archangel Gabriel coming to Mary. Angels coming to Joseph, telling him to flee to Egypt. Flee the mad king, wise men from the east. So the knowledge of good and evil encompassed the Messiah from birth, but he was of neither of their bloodlines. He was not of the bloodlines of Seth, and he was not of the bloodlines of Cain. He was not of good and evil. He was completely other of God the Father. That's what makes him the Messiah and not a human being. When you're born again, I tell you what, you leave both the bloodlines of Seth and the bloodlines of Cain. And people say, well, I don't have Cain. You do. You have both. The thing is, the, the, the serpent nature is the human flesh. And all of us are serpents that have to be lifted up on the cross and crucified with Christ. Now, Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, and anyone that looked at the snake was healed on the brass rod. It was healed. What does it mean? The crucified flesh nature. Hello? The crucified flesh, bones, blood, brains, and organs. The whole serpent flesh and the ability of the flesh was crucified with Christ. Moses was crucified with Christ. What do you think 40 days, no food, no water on Mount Sinai is? Hello? <laughs> Could you go 40 days without any food or any drink in a desert mountain? The chances of you dying are about 1,000 million percent. <laughs> and so did Moses die? 1,000 million percent. That's why he still looked young at 120 according to Deuteronomy. With not one wrinkle on his face at 120 years old. Somebody's been crucified with Christ. Somebody's been lifted up like a serpent on a pole. The problem with good and evil is the evil. They're wearing skull and crossbones, big dragons tattooed on their back and on their biker jacket, hell's angels on their patches and all this, you know, tattoos and drugs and alcohol and all this. It's cool to be evil stuff, which is real. That's the blood of Cain. It's half of humanity's blood. And then you got the other half of humanity that's the knowledge of good. We go to church, we're the good ones, and we don't we don't sin, we don't cuss, we don't chew chew tobacco, or date women that chew either. And it's <laughs> so you got everything that human be beings are capable of, and then you got Jesus coming in here and saying, "I'm going to show you the divine way that doesn't have a drop of human blood in it." Do you realize that's what makes him the spotless lamb? 
when he got his Satan test in Gethsemane, Satan is coming. <laughs> but he has nothing in me. What was that? Was he looking at his spirit? Of course he wasn't looking at his spirit. They had the same spirit in the Old Testament. Satan was only doing a blood test to find if there was any Cain and Abel in Christ's blood. Otherwise, there's no forgiveness of sin and the curse of the fall cannot be obliterated. And the cross has no power. And it's pointless and God sacrificed his son for nothing if he didn't pass his Satan blood test in Gethsemane. And guess what, guys? Those are the tests you've been going through. And it's hard because we do still have Cain and Abel in our blood. Remember that blood speaks of vengeance? What does Cain's blood speak? Well, it's party. What does Cain's blood speak? Murder, death, judgment, criticalism. You know, we've been talking about Cain's stuff as being the knowledge of good. But it's the knowledge of evil. You understand what I'm saying? Is it too parabolic? It's a lot of deep wisdom stuff here. <laughs> so the blood of Cain has revelry. Now you wonder whose bloodline is stronger. So we have, I don't know, 25 different genealogies written and recorded in the Old Testament. And whose bloodlines are recorded in the Old Testament? Both Cain's and Seth's. Isn't that interesting? And then it comes into a place where the bloodlines merge with Jesus of Naz Nazareth. That's why you have genealogies in both Luke and Matthew. Remember, Matthew is an apostle, a mighty apostle. He was the tax collector that became a great apostle. Why would Matthew, out of all the wisdom of spending three years of God-made flesh, still put one of these weird Old Testament genealogies in the New Testament Torah of Matthew? Matthew is the Torah of the New Testament. Come on. Sermon on the Mount is Sinai fulfilled. Matthew 5 through 7. You have heard it said, but now I say to you, this was the fulfillment of Moses saying, One like me will come, and anyone who doesn't believe in him will be utterly cut off from the people. What people? The patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the people. <laughs> Meaning you're no longer the children of God. You become the children of Cain. And then what did Jesus say when they became the children of Cain in Revelation? They become the synagogue of Satan. And we say, oh, that's so bad. That's so Listen, every single one of us comes out of the synagogue of Satan. There is not one person here pointing a finger that can say, I've lived a better life than you. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. You're a phony. You're a fake. You're a fraud. The only one that lives a better life than you and I is Christ and him crucified. That blood is the only blood that makes us any different from both a hell's angel president serial killer to the most goody two-shoes, you know, Charlie Champ or Justin Abraham in contrast. That it's like that extreme contrast of the best saints 
and the worst of sinners and we say there's this huge chasm and I love all these people I love the hell's angels and I love the glory stream prophets with all my heart every day but what I'm saying to you is it's all good and evil and it's actually very little of the bloodline of Jesus very very little that's why the prophets are in a panic and some of them are actually their faces are contorting I mean full-blown demon manifestations guys people are transfiguring in not a good way because their hope is so deferred and their heart is so sick because they didn't get what they expected and that doesn't mean that Trump hasn't won. We'll see how this legal process goes out. What I'm excited about is the refinement of the prophets, the refinement of the apostles, the refinement of the leaders of the charismatic church. That gets me excited because that's like 50 million people that could come from Technon to Huyos in a season. The reason why they're freaking out on the highest level I've ever seen, and you have to understand, I've been set apart from these people by persecution for a decade. Most of them have publicly condemned me in the glory stream in the charismatic church with written messages and emails if they ever began to associate with me. This is old news. Of course I've forgiven them. I'm just saying I'm of a completely different stream than most others in the charismatic church, the glory stream, even the fringe mystics that people buy all their books about the union with God and mysticism and even the drunkenness we really are different we are different and that's not just external that's internal I'm internally different than these people and that will be more and more proven by the days ahead of what we are in blood not just in spirit and water what I am in wine what my bloodlines are are they the true bloodlines of the Messiah the King of the Jews that's the blood test. That's what Satan's testing. That's what God the Father's testing. We say Satan tests, Satan's coming. God the Father sent Satan to Jesus. Don't even think for a second the devil has a mind of his own. That is insanity. The devil's not doing anything down here unless he goes to the Father and has permission. First and foremost, get that foundation in your life. If he had to do it in the Old Testament Job, how much more in the New Testament of God the Father and the Lamb who defeated Satan at the cross. The, Satan has to go to Jesus for permission in the courtrooms for everything he does, and he's bound to the law of Moses. He's bound to the law of sin and death. Truth, anyhow. He's bound to Sinai. Moses ain't on Sinai anymore. Revelation 15, Moses and the Lamb are standing on top of Mount Zion, which is Mount Calvary. Amen. So, we got a new and better covenant, and we're winning by a lot. But the people that have practiced Technon Christianity, now, Technon Christianity is mentioned several times in the New Testament. Technon is the Greek word for son of God. Huyos is the Greek word son of God so we don't distinguish between children of God and son of God in English but the Greek does and it's incredibly important because Paul uses the word infants in Christ several times some of you should be teachers by now but you're still milk milking at the bottle 
you know 15 years of apostolic discipleship and you still can't even teach the laying on of hands the baptism of the dead the baptism of the glory the baptism of fire the baptism of water the baptism of the holy spirit you, you don't understand all any of this elementary stuff so we can't even move on forward into advanced teaching on righteousness which is the huyos realm of learning how to make wine and being like the father becoming a winemaker and vine dresser those things shouldn't take you more than three years to enter after you're born again truth and a half the three years the apostles had with jesus was their technon infancy and then they got the baptism of fire and wine at Pentecost and they had to explain we're not drunk as you suppose Acts chapter 2 they immediately entered the Huyos territory of sonship this revelation of going from Technon to Huyos amongst the knowledge of good company amongst Abel's bloodline Seth's bloodline the good people in the world the Trump supporters versus the Biden supporters. Biden supporters, knowledge of evil. Trump supporters, knowledge of good. Pure and simple. In the middle is Christ crucified that will lift them all up. The earth is Trump's and the fullness thereof. Oh wait, it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Aren't you glad it's not Biden's? It's not Rothschild's, Rockefeller's. It's not Freemasons. It's not the Windsor families. It's not parliament. It's not the U.S. government. It's not the Chinese government. It's not man's is the point. The earth is not man's. And we say, oh, the earth is... No, the earth is Jesus's. The earth belongs to the Lamb on the throne. That is the throne of the rulership of all blood. And if we can get into the understanding of the bloodlines of good and evil that were crucified with Christ, the good thief and the bad thief, one one to heaven, one went to hell. So you have good and evil. All right, now, I tell you what. These parables and this wisdom, you can learn how to change your own blood. You feel that atmosphere? I rebuke the fallen angels that oppose this message in Jesus' name. Release. <sighs> Cleanse the air. People don't want to hear wisdom. There's stuff in the blood that doesn't want to hear greater wisdom, that fights it because they don't want to sacrifice their own bloodlines. So it's the blood that speaks, and you get the confusion up in the atmosphere speaking against the blood of Jesus, don't you? They're mocking the bloodline of Jesus on Calvary. What was on display of the lamb that was slain? What was the altar of Jerusalem? How did time shift from BC to AD through the man Christ Jesus and on Calvary? Come on. By God putting his bloodlines on the altar and saying, this is the tree of life. Whether you are Cain or Abel, I'll engraft you in. And now one of them could have been Cain. One of them could be, they could have both been Cain. They could have both been Abel. It's not about that natural thing. 
It's about the wisdom of it. You got to get the wisdom. You got to get the prophetic symbolism. You have to learn God's ways. God is a prophet. Christ has been made wisdom unto us. Wisdom is understanding parables, riddles, and dark speech. Proverbs 1. If you don't have the foundation of wisdom, there will be no spiritual building in your heart. You'll be a carnal-minded chimpanzee boy, chimpanzee girl, your whole life on earth. Dull and dumb, blind, stupid, gaping about in darkness, and not understanding a single thing of the eternal spirit world your whole life. We do not want that for you. Love rebukes that off of you, that Neanderthal spirit. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God wants his children intelligent by his spirit, which is a gift of grace. Amen. And listen, do you realize I was brain dead when I went into Teen Challenge at age 18? I couldn't read. I mean, IQ of probably 40, like a brain dead vegetable on drugs. I couldn't read, guys. Not even one sentence. You couldn't get any dumber than I was at age 18 physically mentally and spiritually a lump of dead flesh the most retarded snake there is when god's spirit began to work through my heart and my mind and my blood he burnt out all the stupidity of satan i like what bill johnson calls it the spirit of stupid he bound the spirit of stupid and cast it out of me and all the residual stupid scales, the scales of stupid, all of the religion and rebellion, not all of it, but a lot of it, so that intelligence sprung up from the Holy Spirit right away so I could go back into high school and graduate with a 4.0 <laughs> and go to college and have honors. And none of those abilities were in me. It had to be supernaturally imparted by the Spirit of God. So that human blood and human flesh doesn't have anything unless it comes from God. What is it? Do you realize the fallen angels can't even move without permission from God? And you're thinking you're independent from God? It's insanity. That's how for a little while he was made lower than the angels. For a little while you were dumber than angels. Me too. I'm confessing my weaknesses to you being vulnerable right now. For a little while, we were dumber than demons, weren't we? You got to be dumber than a demon. And some of these demons are incredibly stupid. They're not all like cherubim archangels like Lucifer. They're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the whole one third of the angels fell. You got demons that are dumber than a retarded dog. <laughs> I mean, just to put it out there, they're not all smart. Most of them are incredibly low IQ. And they just go by feelings and emotions. Whoa, yeah, that's why they get offended. Because you have a low IQ demon in your heart sucking your blood. It's the demon that gets offended, guys. Have you realized that yet? It's a low IQ evil spirit. It's not you. How could flesh and blood get offended? Unless there's something in there that's pricked. Being like, why does that thing react to that that way? What is that other entity in there controlling my emotions? It's usually a little imp spirit. You know, some kind of Sephora spirit. A makeup spirit. 
that has just an external facade and then you go deeper than surface level the little sephora demon the clinique demon the cover girl demon comes right up and the false bride is exposed with no cross in her heart still ruled by her female feelings instead of the cross of Calvary the feelings of the father if women and girls want to become mighty women of God you must crucify your feelings I've honestly only seen a couple ever even attempt to do it in 15 years of full-time ministry because false Christianity just runs all the Christian church the cross has to rise in the place of feelings and emotions what's that called our hearts and so all this stuff comes up and people get manifest all the fall of Eve in their heart and that same feelings and emotions are in the guys too but the Bible only says the woman so I'm speaking biblically to you so you have all of the feelings and emotions of the woman of Revelation and they're in the heart and so the cross is the healing of your feelings so that you're not easily offended and you don't have to be fake and phony and external with all that makeup on horror Babylon activity that we can actually be crucified in our hearts and be ruled by the spirit of God's emotions which are called the fruits of the spirit in our heart and the cross of Calvary frees this is a big one this is the number one thing for girls and women is feelings and emotions and we're, we're feeling creatures we're emotional creatures you're, yeah because of God your creator I mean remember a woman came out of man and be like man can't understand woman. woman came out of men and man came out of God you read Genesis do you believe the Bible even Paul reiterates that in the book and his epistles so how do we heal men women but especially dealing with women's feelings women's emotions because that's usually where you come up to a blockage and then you get all Jezebel's makeup Jezebel's niceness Jezebel's false love and that is the main tool of manipulation that is still used in all rebellion that's in the world what I'm going after right now and speaking to you out of the mysteries of the gospel is the number one strategy of the fallen angels to deceive humanity in this current timeline being nice being gentle being kind honoring each other's feelings and emotions it's called phileo love that is not Christianity one bit zero percent Christianity that is a person who has no crucifixion of Christ in their feelings and emotions that is not a Christian that is a false Christian that is Satan still living in your heart and, I'm, and it's not just saying oh I'm picking on all of us guys this is a basic discipleship reality that every man woman boy and girl must face in their own heart for men it's usually the issues of their emotions when it comes to money that just they go crazy their emotion their emotions when it comes to um, women and controlling women and they go crazy so men's emotions and feelings are equally wicked and idolatrous they're just a little different because they were split in two 
but they were one when they lived in the glory cloud. So there wasn't two, there was one. So let us be one. Now, out of the glory cloud, out of the cross of Calvary, which is the throne of the Lamb, they're two, so they're very separate. So that's why every relationship you have is totally screwed up and not perfect. Even your best relationships, there isn't this perfection there. Why? Only one reason, a lack of the cross. The cross rejoins the woman to the man, Christ Jesus, through his spirit side into his blood. Come on. So that there's no longer any difference between Jew, Greek, male, or female. It is written, for all are one in Christ. And you have one Father in heaven, by one spirit, one blood. One bloodline, not two. So, this is the death blow to division. This is the death blow to female manipulation of emotions. That's a big one. Because women use their emotions and their feelings to manipulate men and to manipulate other women and, and to have Jezebel as their God instead of Jesus more than any other sin I've ever seen dealing with millions of girls for 15 years. Millions. This is the number one thing you deal with and how Satan keeps them technon instead of huyos. You can be saved and still operate in that behavior. Otherwise, there'd be no one saved in the history of Christianity. What I'm talking about is going beyond elementary things into advanced righteousness. I want to get more saved. I want my sozo soteria salvation to grow. Come on. We're confronting devils in you right now. You feel that? It's very good. This is the sword of the spirit, also known as the cross of Calvary. If you let it pierce your hearts tonight, you will begin to experience the emotions and the feelings of the Father that are not based on external relationships. I don't... What's the curse of the fall? The woman will desire the man. I don't need a man, but I can have a man added unto me. I That attachment for the man, because woman came out of man, is broken in the man Christ Jesus. The curse of the fall is broken. Understand the Bible. Understand what the Spirit of God is doing in you today. He's healing you from the curse of the fall. You are now dependent on nothing of the external realm, but of Jesus Christ in you. The hope of realizing all the glorious things that I'm telling you tonight. The hope that you realize the glory of the cross. The glory of his blood. The glory of his crown of thorns. The glory of his nails, the glory of the splinter, the big splinter up through, you know, the big cross, the big wood stick, big pole like Vladimir the, whoa, you see the angel flash? Vladimir the impaler. <laughs> glory. Hallelujah. See, when you get into real Christianity, it's like, man, you just absorbed Dracula. That's the season we're in right now. It is 10 times more difficult to absorb the knowledge of good than it is the knowledge of evil. Where is that written in the Bible? Glad you asked. Luke 15 says the prodigal sons went out and did all kinds of stupid stuff. Sons, plural. The younger one, pig trough, prostitutes, squandering his money. He thought money wasn't his inheritance. Full of greed, full of covetousness, full of idolatry, full of lust. Having sex with multiple girls, using his money to buy prostitutes. The Bible says it. Luke 15. After he had been beat up, Satan beat him up so bad in the knowledge of evil 
all of his rebellious stuff, put him in the pig trough, living under the total dominion of demons is what it means. Pig trough means under the dominion of devils. Amen. So all beat up. He's like, I'm just going to go be a slave. I'll go back to church. How many of y'all said that after a season of drug abuse? I'm going to go back to church. So you go back like a younger prodigal son. I'd rather be a slave in my father's house. So we go back to church than, than be a junkie. <laughs> and you go back in and well, hallelujah. People have their experiences in church, but the father God got a church of the firstborn in heaven. He puts a robe around you, puts a crown on you, gives you a scepter and a staff, puts up some brand new Yeezys on your feet and it gives you the best job where you can practice the presence of God. The father does. I have seen this hundreds of times for the younger prodigal. Why? It's easier amongst the rebellious. The knowledge of evil is 10,000 times easier than the knowledge of good. The, his older brother wouldn't even consider his forgiven younger brother his family anymore if you read the Bible. That son of yours who took all your money and had fun with it. Why? Because he wanted to do the same thing because he was a hypocrite. He was doing all the same sins in his heart. If he had internet, he was Instead of sleeping with the prostitute, he was jerking off to the prostitute. Equally sinful in spirit, but he didn't do it physically because he stayed with dad out in the field, doing good, never missed church, but wanted to do evil, wanted to have fun. And the father says, you could have killed a goat and had fun with your friends anytime you wanted to. That's what he said. He said, but you, you chose to st stay out here amongst the wheat field and practice the knowledge of good, which wasn't the father's ways at all. And that's what you're dealing with amongst the religious good in the world today. Wow. But the religious evil, they got it right away. He went right in, started feasting, killed the fattened calf, had a party with his friends, homecoming party. Look at my new 14 carat ring dad gave me. You think he's going to squander that? No, he remembers the pig trough. That it's better, one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. It is written. The younger prodigal experienced it. Older one, not one drop of experience. A religious Pharisee. Manifesting the knowledge of good, didn't he? Murder. He murdered his brother and then he murdered his father. Didn't he? In the Bible. The younger one didn't even practice murder. There was no self-righteousness. The pride had been beaten up through the sin of lust. And the fruit of lust is death. So he had tasted death and he said, I'm done. I'm sure he slipped up a couple times during the the rest of his life too and the father just washed it off come on it is that trying to hold it together religious demon in your brains that still is ruining your lives people have you figured that out you're not wrestling the knowledge of evil you're wrestling the knowledge of good the knowledge of evil is easy we are in a season now of absorbing the knowledge of evil the last four years was a season of wrestling the knowledge of good. And it was honestly really, really hard priesthood work. We worked so hard. Put out, I mean, over a thousand sermons the last three years. Thousand, one thousand sermons of glory, food, and feasting of direct revelation from Jesus Christ. It was intense, hard work. And I felt the wrestling of the principalities 
almost every day. That's what I speak into. Wrestling with principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places so that the word of God can tear down strongholds, demolish arguments, and bind in chains, in chains everything that disagrees with Jesus Christ in our midst. Amen. So you're using Calvary's tools. There's chains on Calvary. Good chains. Deliverance angels come with chains. Not the chains of hell, the chains of heaven to take out hell with chains. Bind in chains. Come on. Any deliverance ministers out there? Bind them in chains and nail them to the tree. There will be an absorption of Calvary of both good and evil in the days to come. So the issue with the Trump election is the absorption of the knowledge of good. Four years, we're going to have the absorption of the knowledge of evil. And in your belly, oh, you feel that? I'm scared. You're scared of losing your religious nature. Do you think the younger prodigal was scared? Do you think Hunter Biden was scared taking in $15 million and buying all those hookers and blow? No, he was never scared. Evil is easier than good, but both die on the cross. Do you understand that? It's hard to be good, and that's why people react with weeping and gnashing of teeth to grace. It's easy to be evil. If you look at Jesus' ministry, the ones that were evil, Mary Magdalene, the prostitute, in whom Jesus drove out seven demons, just the evil was so absorbed. Are you right? Who were the ones that couldn't be absorbed into his new bloodline? Only the good ones. Only those in the knowledge of good. So God's showing me great and tremendous harvest from the realm of the knowledge of evil. Like New York, LA, Minneapolis, Chicago. But I really see it big time amongst even the Democrats. I see huge harvest coming in from Democrats. I see huge harvest coming in from the world and the worldly wickedness, the worldly rebellious, the ones that don't have any religious influence will be the sweetest, most easily assimilated people on planet Earth. And you know it's true. The only ones that give you a hard time are the ones with self-righteousness in them. <laughs> the ones that are good in their own eyes are the only ones that have ever resisted the Holy Spirit. The knowledge of evil does not resist the cross. Whoa. I'm not talking about thief on the cross that went to hell. Remember, the other thief was a thief too who was evil. Because they're both evil. This is wisdom language. So get out of all that figuring it out and writing it down and categorizing it. Greek education demons. Get out of all that. Get into the blood and let the blood cover your mind and renew your mind with fire and with lightnings and heal all your brain cells now with the light of the blood of Jesus Christ let it flow through your bones let it flow through your brains let it flow through your arteries and veins in the blood of Jesus there is rest from both good and evil today 
<laughs> the younger one had to eat the knowledge of evil. The older one had to eat the knowledge of good. The father killed them both, the goat and the calf of Calvary. Hallelujah. So you're coming into that other realm of the bloodline of Jesus. You're coming into the power of the cross that both the good and the evil of all bloodlines on earth will be lifted up equally. And the religious spirit's like, oh, we got to kill that person. You're the only one that's going to die with an attitude like that. You're actually ten times more evil than the person you're accusing. But you can't see that when you're in the blood of Abel. When you're in the blood of Cain. <laughs> you're the only one that's right. No one else understands how much they wounded you. Crucify your feelings tonight. Let the feelings of Christ crucified, the Lamb on the throne, let it change your hearts. Let it pour out your eyes and change your eyes and your countenance to the eyes and countenance of love. There are huge amber glory sparks all over this room. Woo! <laughs> I mean, it's like the tongues of fire of Pentecost, flashing tongues of fire. I've never seen those amber flames in Joel's bar before. Hallelujah. Thank you for this new season, Father. Thank you for the sovereignty of the cross. So, if you're in the knowledge of good or evil, you're both being pulled up by the knowledge of the glory. All you can do if you want to help me is pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. If you actually want to advance the kingdom, it has to be in the bloodline, in the cross of Calvary. And if you're in the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, you'll be pulled up even if you're practicing religion or if you're practicing rebellion. Because there's a resurrection of the good and the evil, Jesus said. He said there will be a resurrection of both the good and the evil. So it's not based on you being good. It's based on Jesus being good and him on the throne of your heart rising with all the instruments of the cross, the, the nails, the crown, the thorns, the spear, all of that, the cat of nine tails and the lashes on his back, that whole glory realm of the blood of the lamb, married to that, which is the marriage of the lamb, rising in your heart, that's what releases all of the grace into the bloodlines of the nations because everyone in the world is like blue or red. Everyone in the world's like good or evil. That's the world. That's all externalism. That's why you got all these tech nonprofits wigging out because it wasn't about the cross. It wasn't about the bloodline of Jesus, even in their mysticism, even in their teachings on union. I tell you the truth. They're all technon. It's true. That's why there is no wisdom of the huyos of the lamb. But we're going to get into the wisdom of the Hugos of the Lamb. We're going to get into the sovereignty of the cross. We're going to get into the rest of his bloodline. And it will heal the nations from good and evil. In such a way it heals you that you see everyone as just a cup and a, an instrument for channeling the blood of his cross. I need you to look at the cross right now. Jesus Christ crucified to death. And when the Roman soldier put the spear 
into his side and blood and water poured out that that blood and water now pours through Cain and Abel that blood and water now pours through the prodigal sons of Luke 15 both the older and the younger both the good and the bad both the ugly and the wild both the smart and the dumb both the beautiful and the ugly and it's the blood that makes us perfect it's the blood that makes us the sons and daughters of God it's the blood that glorifies us and takes us out of the animal earth into the angelic heaven <laughs> so that we're not basing our reality on anything of the external realm but only the cross of Calvary rising in our hearts, lifting us up into the angelic realm. Can you get your eyes off of other bloodlines and stop magnifying the blood of Cain and Abel? Can you let Jesus absorb every area you disagree with his grace, every area you disagree with his forgiveness? I see there's blockages as I'm talking of your arguments of unforgiveness and why you're not engrafted deeper into the tree of life, which is the cross of his blood. It's an area of demon possession. And we understand it's a wound. I need you to look at him dying on the cross for that area of your heart right now. That's why the father sent his son to die on the tree, a spotless lamb with perfect blood so that the perfect blood could be put into that area of your heart and heal your memories and heal your wounds and to heal your timelines and to set you free he whom the Sun sets free is free indeed and it is for freedom that he set us free. You want perfected liberty for every eye to see the great glory? Let the cross of Calvary heal that area in your heart. See, and it's your heart. Even if you got 6,000 other people in your heart, because you do, it's still in your heart. Can you let Jesus be the center of those 6,000 people? You have the DNA and the recorded record of words of your heart of every man and woman you're blood related to. Which, if you're wise, you know it's every person on planet Earth. Because you're all 47th cousins DNA related. So you have the whole planet inside you. So there's no greater love than a man lays down his life for his friends. Understanding your brothers and sisters. Remember how the Pharisees had such a hard time calling people brothers and sisters if they weren't the sons of Abraham, but Jesus didn't because he was so much wiser than them and wiser than Solomon, one greater than Solomon's here. He knew what blood was. He knew what was in their hearts, Scripture says. He could see into the generations that it all goes back to Adam. And he wasn't distinguishing good and evil. He grew up like a tender shoot in the midst of all of them, knowing that the evil can be more easily assimilated into his bloodline than even the good. Wasn't that the Messiah's experience? That's been every real Christian's experience since the Messiah as well. So let's see when we go after the knowledge of evil this season. How much resistance we have. 
the Kamalas, the Bidens, the Hunters, the Pagans, the, the non-Christians. These are not Christians. These are unbelievers, extremely lost, extremely dead. Let's see what happens when we go after the drug addicts, go after the Democrats. I want to go after 80 million Democrats with love. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and the demolishing of all political arguments. I'm coming with an arsenal of the blood. I'm coming with an army of blood angels with the nails and the spears and the thorns and the lashes of the cross of Calvary upon all flesh. It's called the wine press of the wrath of the Almighty. And it will be pressed like perfect love into all bones and marrow, all souls and all spirits in the entire universe and every dimension thereof. So you will know the Lamb is on the throne and the river that flowed from the throne is our rule and reign, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Sacrifice your Cain and Abel bloodlines as you give into the blood of Jesus. Love you guys. We'll see you Tuesday.